0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Between the Creations. My name is Laurian Hook, and each week on the podcast, I and my guest discuss various aspects of theology, Christianity, and the Bible. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me this week. It's a huge help when you like, rate, and subscribe to Between the Creations wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook for news about upcoming episodes. You can find out more about the podcast, submit topics you'd like me to cover on an episode, or even ask me to speak at your event at laurianhook.com. Well, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Between the Creations. It is so good to have you with us this week. Man, I'm always so glad that you guys listen. It's awesome to see the downloads and everything kind of pour in each week. So thank you uh, for those of you who are faithful listeners, and thank you for those of you who maybe this is your first time. Welcome to the community. We're really glad to have you. I am here with my dear friend, Bethany Williams. Bethany and I met in seminary at Fuller Theological Seminary here at their Houston campus, And we actually met, now correct me if I'm wrong, we met in Mimi Haddad's class. Is that right? Okay, you're nodding your head. Is that right? Or was it, no, it was, was it practices? That's right. Okay. And then we took Mimi's class together. That's what it was. Well, Mimi's been on the podcast uh, in, uh, previously, so that's another Fuller connection. But we met in, in different classes at Fuller. And in this one class um, with a small group that I just really didn't like, and in many ways, Bethany, Bethany was kind of the saving grace of that experience. <laughs> So, um, and then we may, in which we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about community and, and friendship and, and Christian community and all those things. And so then we left, um, just a small group that wasn't really our, our jam. It just, it just didn't work for us. And that's okay. Sometimes that happens, but then we went and found another group that did. And so, um, we're going to talk about that experience today, but welcome, Bethany. Thank you so much. Uh, is there anything about you that you just want to share that our listeners can, can get to know you better with? Oh,
1: gosh. Thank you, Lorian. I'm really, really happy to have this time with my friend. Um, And yeah, I I can do an intro pretty easy. Uh, High school English teacher, um, clergy wife turned stay-at-home mom for kids, Um, multiracial family through the gift of fostering to adopt. And um, now I'm back in the classroom teaching high school theology full-time. So I think that's me in a nutshell. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you're crazy accomplished with you know, master's degree and all the different things that you do as well. So it's, it's so good to see you. We were just talking before we hit record that we haven't seen each other in person in over a year because of COVID. Um, and we went, which, which I think maybe is something we'll talk about maybe a little bit. We went from seeing each other one to two times a week, uh, to not seeing each other in person at all. Um, just in the matter, like just a week, a week's worth of time just flipped everything because people graduated and, you know, we were done with school and all those things. So it's really good to see you, Uh, but we're going to, yeah, no, we're going to talk about Christian community and just friendship and what that looks like, Uh, and of course, we're not going to cover everything because it's, I mean, volumes (laughs) have been written on this, right? But I think for us, one of the things that was really unique about our experience in seminary was this group of people that really, um, together, that we, with them, forged this little community um, that was incredibly tightly knit, incredibly close, uh, and was in so many ways just this really, really beautiful little picture. And I'll let you kind of share your thoughts on it too, of course. But I mean it was multi-generational. There were men and women. We all came from different experiences. Some people had a lot of experience in like in the private sector or in the military. Some people had experience like in in church work and in nonprofit and all across the board. And some people had kids, some people didn't. Like it was it was such this just little picture of diversity in a lot of ways. Uh that it became this like little family that in a lot of ways helped us get through seminary and some really dark seasons that we all went through. So I would love to kind of hear your perspective on on that experience of kind of coming together in that group and, and what made it so strong. Um, because I think that a lot of people, be be they, you know, younger in seminary or be they just adults and you know, they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, they're like, I just really want, need and want community. Um, So what do you think made this group what it was uh, during our experience together? And we're all still friends and we all still text and everything, but what, what do you think made it what it was during that season? Yeah. Wow. I mean, just hearing you explain it that way is so
1: overwhelming to think what a gift. I mean, if you were going to write a book and put together a great little group of people to cover a diverse, you know, life situation, man, what a great cast that would be. Because What we're talking about here is, you know, five or five of us plus a professor, I think. And, um, of course our group went through what 40, the better part of 40 weeks of Hebrew together, which is humbling, (laughs) humbling and, um, terrifying and rich and beautiful. Um, but yeah, wow. That's so neat when you put it that way, all these different stages of life and leaving different things in our households to come up there and be together on campus and struggle through the text together, um, For me, that was such a gift that I didn't even know that I needed. Um, So, you know, surrounded by people and people I love, my uh, life as a clergy spouse, you know, Insta community, just instant community around me at church and then at home, my four little people. Um, But yeah, I really grew to look forward to that three or four hours in class with y'all where I knew that I could just be Bethany and just be myself. So I think maybe the first answer would just be that we were all really honest with each other. Um, pretty quickly and vulnerable. And um, somehow God just gave us the gift of that sacred space where we could bring the truth of, um, how are you doing today? We didn't just immediately say, fine, thanks. How are you? But, oh, I'm tired today. Or gosh, this was a rough week. Or I need prayer for this. Or I'm I'm worried about this other person and they're sick. Can we pray? And, And then the gift of a professor who would, you know, really pray with us and over us. And Yeah, it's amazing how God did that.
0: Yeah, I think think you're so right. Part of the reason that that this group became what it was uh, was due to vulnerability and was due to just really being honest with each other. I mean, like you mentioned, we were together for, you know, 30-ish weeks uh, straight through. And then a lot of us were also taking other classes together and seeing each other. And (laughs) we had group texts and all these things. Um, But, I mean, in all honesty, we all went through— really difficult things personally during that 30 weeks like it was a it was a roller coaster of things over the course of 30 weeks plus an extra class or two that a lot of us you know took together as well I mean we had people dealing with illnesses uh, both personal and within their families within their friends I think we even, we had people who had been in horrific accidents and we had some people who even had friends who passed away and people who we were all, I mean, even just being in ministry, which a lot of us were, I mean, talking about that, I mean, you could write volumes on the emotional toll that that can take in different seasons. And and a few of our uh, classmates were also kind of, you know, working in oil and gas and that's volatile, especially when you're in Houston. And so it's just this roller coaster of emotions and we would just walk in with all of that each week and come into what really was one of the safest spaces I think I've ever experienced uh I I mean really it was because again going back to the idea when you're on staff at at a church which I wasn't for a good part of seminary but even even then I was doing part-time ministry when you're doing ministry of any kind to have a really safe space is sometimes something that's very hard to find um and it was just such a gift. Uh, and I think that what really started it, and I would love to kind of hear your personal thoughts on this as well, was just that we would pray together. I mean, we, and that, and I mean, maybe someone who was looking in from that would be like, man, you guys spent a lot of time praying at the beginning of class, and maybe not a lot, not, not a lot of time going over Hebrew vocab that was going to be on your quiz. But I think that we all just, just really savored that time together. Um, and it became almost sacred, I think.
1: Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> it was a it was a church, you know. We became a church family, and um, you know, before we could turn to the the work at hand or the study at hand, um, we had to hand God some things so that we could focus. I think um, so. I'm still um, working with the VFG groups at Fuller, and especially during the pandemic, it's become very important at the beginning of a group session. You know online together to say, what do we need to, to give to God and to name that we're going to let God hold so that we can be together and study and talk. And I feel like our um, our wonderful Hebrew professor set that up for us in a way in our class because she would um, ask prayer requests and she would share one of hers as well. And, um, and then together we could collectively pray and say, God, we trust you to be God with all of this. And now we're going to try to love you with our mind um, and try to pour over this text. And then the gift of being able to trust that this group was praying for us in the other times, too, that throughout the week. And um, as you mentioned, I mean, we saw we saw some miracles, too, of just miraculous healing, um, you know, medical answers for either ourselves or loved ones. but. Um, a loved one who, you know, it looked like wasn't going to make it. And we were just all praying and, um, you know, they made it right through. So yeah, just that beautiful um, prayer service. I guess we had an informal prayer service at the beginning of class and we knew we could count on that. And um, that became a mainstay for sure.
0: And I think there was also just a lot of grace for each other in that in those spaces. I mean, between our professor who who has become one of our dear friends uh, yeah. over time, of course, but between our professor and us, she had so much grace for us to be able to walk in and be like, I had the worst week ever. I've opened my Hebrew book all of once. And she'd be like, look, life is going to happen. We're going to keep working through it. We're going to have a lot of grace. Uh, and she would, she would work through even just on the practical level, that kind of stuff with us. But we also, I think, had grace for each other as, as fellow learners and students. I remember one week, one of our classmates, and if he was here right now, he would laugh that I was telling the story. He walked in, and he was just done. Like he was done with with the week, with like just dealing with all of his work, school, fam, like all of it. He was just done, and we and it was not his nature to be done like this. And so we all noticed, and he he told us like he felt safe enough to be like, yeah, I'm just kind of done, and I do not want to be here right now, and I'm and I'm done. And none of us tried to fix it. And I think that that spoke to the safety we felt with each other and the the level of um, being able to hold space for each other, I think, and... We just let him be, um, but we didn't like ignore him, but we let him be in that space. And we didn't try to fix it or be like, well, come on, you're with us now, it's fine. Because I think all of us realized that that is also us on some weeks. Um, but the, we didn't try to fix each other's problems, which I think is is another gift that we gave each other. Um, just this idea of holding space. Um, did you experience that? Or what were your thoughts on that from from that, that whole season of life? Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, I think that, um, I think that, in a way, in even in our Hebrew class, we were acting out the practices that we were learning in other classes too. So I'm wondering if that space would really be labeled lament, that we created a safe space where we could lament together. Um, you wanna call it holy complaining or whatever, but yeah, we weren't gonna quickly try to smooth it over or um, or we, we knew we didn't have the right words that could fix something. Um, but just saying, hey, I'm willing to sit beside you in the not so great stuff and not, not try to fix it for my own comfort because it's a little uncomfortable to sit with somebody with something that you can't fix. But just to say, um, at that point, there was just this holy friendship and we loved each other. And, um, you know, some, some Thursday nights were just going to be like that. And we were just going to say, hey, bring it like this is a safe place. Um, we're going to stick beside you. Even if it's a little uncomfortable, and we're going to trust that God's big enough for all of that, it's not going to all be resolved in a 10 week quarter, um, but happy to go through it with you. And then, you know, then that takes away that loneliness that the devil just loves. um, And we're not by ourselves battling something so big
0: yeah absolutely. I also think you you mentioned just these spiritual practices in that I think it's almost like that class became a playground for us to to work out some things and to and there was a lot of holy complaining going on in certain weeks. Let me tell y'all like there was maybe some not so holy complaining too, if we're honest. but I mean, because life happens and it's just messy and it's it doesn't make sense sometimes and but I also think one of the things that that group did really well that I mean in, in any type of flourishing community group type of you know community that you are going to find yourself in be it just even your your immediate family or coworkers or whatever one of the things that's that's helpful is humor and is laughter. And we laughed a lot. And I think, I mean, we had inside jokes. We had, I mean, we played a game. I'll, again, if he was here, he would laugh. We There was a guy in our class who he, we of course, when you're in seminary and you're going from, from or any type of, of grad school, honestly, it doesn't have to just be seminary. When you're going from working, you know, eight hours a day, be it at an office or at home, whatever it is, and then you go right to class for three or four hours. You're hungry, right? And so you gotta get food in there somewhere. So sometimes we would one of us would pick up a bunch of stuff and then we'd bring it and eat it, or we you know, do whatever we tag team. But every once in a while, this this guy would he would bring food and he would have a cookie left over from his meal. And so, and bless his heart. You're laughing, like Bethany is laughing right now. Bless his heart. He um he ate that cookie so slowly. So slow. So we had like a three hour class and we'd be in the the Two and a half hour in, Mark, and he would still not have finished his cookie. And all of us are just sitting there being like, I would have wolfed that cookie down three hours ago, like in about two bites. And he would just very, like, and so we would time, like, it became this inside joke that we would time it um, while learning Hebrew, (laughs) how long it took him to eat this cookie. And I think that humor like that and just to be able to have fun together is huge because if we're honest, life is serious. It's, it's a serious business. Serious things are happening. Like what we just talked about with just pain and struggle, but we had so much fun together. Just, I mean, I don't know. So what do you, what do you think about humor as being almost this kind of like spiritual discipline in some ways that we need to work out together? Um, and just like this idea of play, uh, in within our friendships. Yeah,
1: I love it. I think, um, I wish I had known when I was a kid, how much, maybe I knew a little bit, but you know, you think of um, a Bible study, and which is essentially what Hebrew is. You know, you think of a Bible's got to be so serious, and um, and and it was productive. It it had a lot of good fruit, but yeah, I think God must have been um, really pleased by how much fun we had together in the midst of the serious. Um, yeah, timing our friend, you know, do you think it's like a 20 minute cookie kind of night or like a two hour kind of cookie <laughs> night? What do you think? Look at his face. You know, I think he's going to stretch this one out. Um, <laughs> or just, I have actually thought about how much we laughed and muttered, um, our little inside remarks to each other when so I'm back in the classroom now and my students they mutter to each other and they have little jokes and stuff. And I will think of the grace of our professor who just kept going. She just, not to be slowed down, not to be bogged down. she kept saying, you know, this, come on, you know, this, and just kept dragging us with her forward. Um, but yeah, our laughter, you know, in the classroom and then on snack breaks out in the, you know, commons area and, and just the, the, the space to be kind of silly together in the midst of, um, one of the most intellectually taxing exercises I've ever done. Um, that, that space to have fun alongside of it was um, a surprise to me and it was a gift for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think this laughter and honesty and vulnerability all in I mean, you guys who are listening to this, you know, these things like we know these things in our brains, like, okay, if I'm going to have good, healthy, life giving relationships, there needs to be honesty, there needs to be respect, there needs to be some level of, of laughter, but also vulnerability and the, the freedom to be not okay. Like we know these things intellectually, right? We know these things about how to be friends with someone or how to be in a group, a healthy group but let me, they are so hard to do sometimes. Like it is hard. I mean, for example, and here's the other thing that, that's, that for certain personality types is harder to swallow than others. Not everyone is going to be one of your people. And I think that that can be hard for people who are maybe more extroverted or who really crave friendship and relationship and want to be everybody's friend. And that, and that's a gift because I don't have that gift. Um, I, I just don't like, I want to be friends with about four people and that's it because I can't, I can't handle everyone else's stuff. Right. Um, but not everyone is going to be one of your people. And that's a hard thing to remember. For example, what Bethany or what we were talking about at the beginning, you know, we were in, we started our seminary experience together in this other small group that just didn't work for us. Like it just wasn't the right group. It wasn't the right cocktail of people and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so sometimes it takes work to find your people and to find um, that, uh, that type of environment. And again, we, I think I, we, I don't want to make it sound, and maybe I would love your, your thoughts on this. I don't want to make it sound like this group just kind of like fell together and we're like, oh, it just magically like worked. Like we all had to bring that honesty and a little bit of work to it. So do you have thoughts on that? Or how do you, what would you share about that aspect of things where you have to actually put in some effort sometimes to, to make these things grow? Yeah. I think the fact that we were around each other so often was definitely,
1: um, a gift. You know, my husband and I talk about this aspect a lot. Um, cause at some level you have to decide to be committed to a friendship. It's a choice, um, or a community. So the reason we talk about this a lot is because we're itinerant. Um, and so, uh, as, as in his, um, role as a pastor, we are sent out and appointed to serve a people, um, and you know there is definitely some beauty in that because we are given to a people, and um, we're said, "Hey, you be- we, we, you belong to each other. You guys belong to each other." And that's a gift because we love them before we meet them all. We and we know they're ours. Um, and it's, so it's really beautiful. And then sometimes we think about people who have to just choose where to go to church. And you know, you've heard the old suggestion: just go to the church nearest to your house. You know, because what a burden of of choice that you have to go and and pick, but um, with different friendships. I mean, in that first group that you were talking about, you know, it, it lovely people, lovely people, oh, absolutely, um, just did not, um, end up staying together after, after that one class. And then you have these friends. Um, and then I don't, I don't know, I guess at some point you just, um, they become yours and you realize you belong to each other. Um, and then my husband and I also talk about the gift of a small town, Um, Because in a small town or in a small church, at a certain point, um, you know, no one is perfect and no community is perfect. But at a certain point, just the way that you accept, you know, your crazy great aunt who always takes pictures of everybody when they're eating with their mouth full at the family (laughs) gathering, you're like, well, that's just my aunt. That's what she does, you know. And then when you're in a community at some point, you just have a lot of grace um, for the mistakes or... um, You know, maybe the annoying things about each other, because because they're just your people. You know, they're your family or they're your friends. And um, yeah, I don't I don't know that I would have suggestions for how to recreate it. But um, the gift of being around each other a lot, and then that place of vulnerability, um, which for me may have been one of our early Hebrew classes where we were on a break, and I just said, "Okay, I'm lost," and I think you're all getting it, and I'm totally lost. And I was like, Lauren, you have a degree in this already. And you're like, no, this is this is genuinely hard stuff. And then one of the other guys looked at me and was like, I'm so glad you said you were lost, because I was thinking, I'm just gonna drop it. Like they're all getting in and I'm not. And so, you know, you can um become so alone in your way of thinking, or you can think, I'm the only one struggling with this, or I'm the only one that doesn't get this. And then when you realize, oh no, other people are too. Um, and then they just become your people and and there you have the grace for um, the things that, you know, might have rubbed you wrong before you knew you belonged together. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I think you're so right because what just this idea of the honesty and the vulnerability and the ability to say, I I'm not getting this or I'm not okay. And for those of you who haven't studied Hebrew, which I'm assuming <laughs> is the majority of my listeners, by week three or four of that initial hit, like you are overwhelmed and you are wondering, is there a light at the end of this tunnel? Should I, you know, is this, is this endeavor worth it? And it doesn't have to be Hebrew for all of us. We all have different things in our lives that you're going to get involved in and you're going to, or you're going to go through a season and you're going to feel like you're sinking. And Bethany, what you just shared was about your, your just honest, vulnerable moment with us in in the, in the common area where we were eating our chips or whatever. You're like, Am I the only one who's not getting this because I I feel like I'm drowning and I'm never going to understand this and it let everyone around you take a deep breath like and that is such a gift the gift of showing up and being vulnerable and being honest is it's truly that it is a it is a gift to the people around you because it lets everyone else realize oh. I can be vulnerable and honest and not have it all together or I can be having questions or doubts or insecurities. Um, and it I, rem- I vividly remember there's this domino effect that happened that that night. It for- that somehow began to forge us together as a group where we're like okay, I can pump the brakes on my need to be impressive. Like I can pump the brakes on my need mm. to have it all together even in something as serious, but also kind of as trivial in some ways as learning Hebrew. Like it's not, like it's very serious business. I really recommend everyone does it personally because I love it. But also it's not like life itself, right? You know, but it was your vulnerability and your willingness to be like, hey, I'm up my hand up and just kind of be like, I'm waving the white flag. Like I need some help over here. It let everyone take a deep breath. And I think that we... And Henry Nowen writes about this in, in several of his books. Like we have this temptation to be spectacular. We have, I think all of us do, like we have this temptation to be wonderful and spectacular and amazing at things. And if we're honest, like most of the time we are not. <laughs> um, but I love this idea of, of how vulnerability um, and just honesty about where you were at really did help forge that group together um, over time. And I, and, But then I think it was a domino effect that played out not just in our learning of a language, but also in our personal lives.
1: Yeah, I can be real with you. I can, I can even, and you know, as Christians, this is something I think about a lot is I've even given my reputation over to Christ. Even what I may look like to people or, you know, how put together, you know, the uh, Brene Brown talks a lot about shame and, um, and for for women, it's never let them see sweat. You know, that's for a man, it's um, never let them see weakness. That's, that's kind of the tape often and often for women it's never let them see you sweat. And so um to let people in, you know, be it um Hebrew or or be it marriage, I'm remembering a time, oh, early, early I mean 15 years ago, early in my marriage with my husband and we had a, a set of couple friends and, and we loved each other dearly. And um one day the husband called my husband and said We're, uh, we're going to separate, we're going to get a divorce. And we thought we had been in a really real kind of friendship together. Um, and we didn't know, um, you know, and looking back, maybe there were a few things that we thought were jokes that we had missed. Um, and we, um, we got my mom to watch our little kids and we drove an hour to their house, um, just to go and be support, you know, and the wife, um, left and wouldn't let me in her house because it was messy. And I realized that every time they had come over, I had made everything look so perfect and that I had not let them in to any real life, you know? Um, And then when they needed us, I hadn't, we hadn't created that safety together. You know, um, my husband preached about it once as you need to have friends who can see the dirty dishes in your sink. Like, do you have the friends who can come in um, even when there's still dirty dishes in the sink? Everybody needs at least a few of those friends who have permission then to maybe ask you how you're doing or ask you if you're resting. Um, You know, uh, my favorite quote with friendship, and I I tried to look it up before we talked this today. I couldn't find it. Um, A a pastor is the first one I, I know who said it. A true friend is one who hates the sins you love and loves the gifts you ignore hates the sins you love and loves the gifts you ignore. And I love that because, um, our society is a mobile society and, um, we can move around and, and we can keep friends for just a little while, or we can really have real friends who are allowed to, to come inside and see the dishes in the sink, um, and share the hard things along with the joys. And then, um, become covenant friends who can check on each other and say, Hey, are you doing okay? have you had a Sabbath? Um, you know, even people who work in churches, Hey, we're talking about God a lot. How are you doing? Are you talking to God? Um, you know, how is it with your soul at some point to get to that? And I think that's, that's a gift for all eternity.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and I think we we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but the diversity of of the group that has that we were in that's kind of spawned this conversation. Um, there was there yeah. were theological diversity diversities and differences there that we were okay with that we were that we allowed to be, but not be the main thing. Um, because especially when you're in seminary or when you're in ministry, gosh, we love to make those theological or doctrinal issues this kind of nitpicky thing that we're just like, we're going to only focus on this difference rather than the 90 or 95% of things that we actually hold in common. Jesus as King being like the first and foremost of those. And we would talk about these things. Like we would sit around and talk about the hard things that personally we were, we were wrestling with or our denominations were wrestling with, or just the hard things of being Christian in the 21st century and the church in the 21st century. Um and, I mean, even if you got us all together right now, we don't all agree on everything and we were okay with that. And I think that there are other, there just have been other seasons in life where you're going to maybe be with people who aren't okay with the disagreements and that's, and you but we had to work at it, right? We had to, we were all very honest about where we stood on things and our positions, um, but we didn't try to force each yeah. other. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't that was the, my feeling with that. And I feel like, you know, even
1: if we were all together today, I mean, to some extent, we've probably handled the past year a little differently. We've probably felt a little differently about the risk of the pandemic or, and you know, we have different, um, ages and different health conditions. And so we've had to have a, a different, um, uh, way of life for some of us the past year. Um, yeah, you could look at denominations or different, um, themes that, In the Bible, I'm sure we would um, interpret a little differently. I even think that we could say, hey, I want to talk about this and I want to really listen to what you think. Um, And then I think sometimes we can say, hey, I don't really have the energy for this tonight. You know, my bucket of patience on this particular uh, hot topic is kind of empty. So let's let's just hang out and just, you know, and then that we trust each other's heart. And the way I think about it is super cheesy, Lorian, but this is the way I think about it. Um, Go, I can't wait. Go for friend. it. I mean, I have thought that since middle school, you know, about other Christians where we have this same best friend. And so just to know that we're united through our love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and then just, you know, the humility to say in this little part of gray matter in my brain, I, I don't understand everything. And so I, I have really um, devout convictions and things that I've studied um, and I believe this way. But we agree on Jesus and um, we can pray together and love each other and trust each other's heart. Um, There's just so much grace in that. Um, And for this to be the thing that united us, because, you know, we thought so much this last year about the pandemic of loneliness that was here before this pandemic, you know, this age of isolation where we're all texting and, um, you know, we're more connected than ever, people say, but we're more isolated than ever in some ways. And, um, and so people are forming communities around, you know, all manner of things, their kids soccer team or Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts and because we're hungry for community and, and that's what we do. Um, but for when the common thing is Jesus, you know, um, it's just uh, you can't even compare that because of what is bringing you together.
0: Exactly. And practically speaking, you you mentioned earlier, you know, we spent a lot of time together. I mean, kind of forced a lot of time together in a lot of ways. I mean, we were all paying to be there, right? So we weren't we weren't being forced, but essentially forced time together. But then we also did other things. Like we 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 did that whole extra little study that we're all like we mostly because we just wanted to be together. Which was ended up being so. We just met at someone's home and it was so lovely. And we ate a lot of food together, which I know sounds maybe silly, but we shared a lot of meals. And some of those meals were vending machine meals um, from at seminary. Some of those meals were breakfast. Some of those meals were dinners while we were just gathered around the scriptures studying together. And it's not like we were this, like, it's not like we were like seeing Gregorian chant and like overly holy and wearing, like, we were very real. We were very honest we were very just here we are with all of our mess and oh I forgot that book can I borrow yours and I think the first I think the first day of our second quarter together I forgot I didn't even bring anything like I didn't even bring a notebook and I was like guys I'm just here can you hook it can you hook me up with a piece of paper please and you know of course y'all did but I mean it I and I can't overemphasize and I think churches and communities and people are have begun realizing this more and more over the past several years um pandemic kind of excluded is just this the the beauty of sharing meals together um and because it's very practical right like we all have to eat so let's just do it together sometimes and lord knows sometimes I want to eat by myself but the beauty of a shared meal and I think I mean if you think about um you know all of Tolkien's writings all of all of you know chronicles of Narnia even from Lewis all of those types of more like mythog- mythological fantasy type of tellings of of things um, I had a teacher one time point out, he was like, "You have you ever noticed in those stories that the bad guys are the ones who don't smoke and drink and, and make merry with everyone? Like, it's the good guys who are having a good time and spending time together and just to storytelling and enjoying one another. And I was like, that's a really good point. Um, but we we shared a lot of meals together. And I think a lot of life happened over those meals. And they happened over vocab cards before class. And just – but it wasn't, um, it wasn't manufactured. I think it just, it happened naturally. And again, it wouldn't have happened the way it would have happened if there wasn't that vulnerability. Um, and this, what you, your idea of the shared, the shared best friend that we all really do have. Um, and this is kind of a different, um, but, but I think this is a different angle on it that I, but I would, I think I want to, I want to talk about this with you one of the things that was really su- helpful in that group and and honestly seminary in general based on where we went to seminary um was that the men in that group were incredibly yeah. supportive of the women in that group and vice versa but if we're honest if you're a woman in ministry of any kind or just a woman in seminary of any kind to have the backing of your male colleagues and to have the backing of your male friends is huge um and Golly, the men in that group um, were amazing at doing that for, for us. And even for our p- professor who's a, a female priest, um, they were immensely supportive of, of all of that. And I would love, did that, I mean, it wasn't something that like I would thought about all the time, but as I've reflected on it, I was like, man, that was such a gift um, to have yeah. in that season.
1: Oh man, um, from two of my favorite topics from table fellowship, because I love to eat and I love to tell my high school students um, cause we just went through acts and like, look at the early church. They held all things in common and they ate together. I mean, cause my, they're always talking about what food they want to go eat out together with uh, each other, what sushi they want need to get after class, or if they have an internship to leave for lunch. So I'm like, Christians are people who eat together. This is great guys. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, we are the two women from that group that we keep referencing our beautiful motley crew of, um, students and they, were so respectful of us as theologians, even as women. And so my time personally at Fuller was so healing um, through our, our class um, with Dr. Haddad and um, women in theology and church history and, and the Hebrew scripture and learning about male and female in the Old Testament and then a little bit in Greek too. Um, yeah, but, but to see it lived out practically and for our brothers to stop when we had a thought and to really hang on our thought and to respect it as much as any man's thought. Um, and for them to, you know, ask us for our wisdom and um, and truly to be um, egalitarian in that beautiful sense of brothers and sisters in Christ and for there to be no distinction um, based on our gender. You know, you and I weren't just um, walking behind them and hanging on their tailcoat and, and waiting to hear what they thought. But we were full members of that group um, that was That was healing for me in a way i didn't know I even needed,
0: yeah. And they asked us really good questions about what our experiences were like. I remember so yes. Johnny has been on the podcast previously. Yes. So he's he's a friend of the podcast. And I I vividly remember sitting with him and and the other gentleman in the class as well one night. And he just he just asked me because some stuff had, had come up in the news and some different denominations where it was just really it had been a painful yeah. week for women in ministry. Um and he that was what he wanted to ask me about. He did. He was like, how has this affected you mentally, emotionally? How are you doing? We love you. We support you. Like, and he, I mean, made a beeline for me once he saw me on campus and just wanted to, and he, and he, but I think he also, I've, I kind of remember it may have been a different time, a different conversation, but he asked, he did what you mentioned earlier. He asked me, he's like, do you want to talk about this? Um, and i I did because I was pretty fired up. <laughs> I hadn't really gotten to talk about it yet. And, uh, but they, they asked about our pain and our hurt and our wounds when things like that would happen. And they would ask us about our experiences of what it is like to be a woman in any type of biblical studies or church leadership or classroom leadership or theological depth or anything like that. And they would listen and they would ask us good questions. And I think that's another defining mark of a good community or good friendship is people who will ask you those good questions that are applicable to your life, like almost down to that day, like they knew what was going on and how it might affect me, um, and that was yeah. such a hey, gift. Hey, how I is think. this
1: feeling? And and let me learn from your experience um, and recognizing that we may have had different experiences um, and honoring and believing the reality of someone else. You know, I thought that would have fixed a lot of things in 2020 if we would each believe the reality. Um, that we were saying, hey, I'm glad you haven't experienced this. I have. Please believe me when I say I have. Um,
0: yes, yes, man, that's huge. Is is to honor the other person's experience yeah. of what is going on in their lives. Um, because I mean, male, female, like men are never going to know really what it yeah. feels like to be me, and I'm not going to know what it feels like to be them. You know, and 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 there's countless other scenarios in which that type of reality gets played out white white and black other other you know demographically Mm -hmm. like socioeconomically, um and to believe and and honor and give weight to another person's experience rather than just being like well in brushing it off and saying well that's not really what happened well that's really how they perceived it to happen and i think going back to this idea of community i think that's such a gift um just to believe someone else's experience of what has happened to them.
1: Yeah. To listen, just to listen. We, we learned how to listen to each other. People who, um, we didn't think alike. We didn't come from the same backgrounds. Um, we didn't all process things the same way. We weren't all introverts or extroverts. Um, but yeah, just to, to love the other person enough to listen and to learn who God created them to be. And then the, the more, you know, um, you know, each person, the more beautiful it is that they're fully who God created them to be.
0: Exactly. And the more we knew about each other, the less any type of little annoying or little like personality quirk things, like that all kind yeah. of falls away a little bit as, as you're like, oh, like yeah. you had a really hard week and I'm going to listen and I'm going to try to offer care or prayer or whatever. And,
1: or it becomes endearing. I mean,
0: yeah. It, it was huge. What,
1: what may have seemed like a quirk becomes super endearing because that's your, that's your friend.
0: Yeah. Those are your, those are your people. Uh, Yeah, man, I just, and I, again, our conversation, we've talked kind of about a specific group, a specific time, a specific situation, but I think all the things that you have so graciously shared in your wisdom and the things that we've talked about are really applicable to any type of situation or group that you that we find ourselves in. Again, not everyone is going to be your people. Not everyone is going to be. Not every group you step into is going to be like these are my these are my you know group text people. Don't put everyone in a group text. Please don't do that. <laughs> do not no one reply likes all <laughs> until they do, and then you know you found your people. Do not reply all. Um, and but you know you found your people when you can reply all, and when their reply alls don't bother you. <laughs> like, that's when sense. you know. <laughs> um. Right. But but yeah, so it's not you know, this isn't like, oh, just slap this on all your relationships and they'll be great. But I think that there's a lot of wisdom in what you've offered, Bethany, because things like, you know, listening, which, again, we should all have learned that in kindergarten. But golly, we forget it when we're adults or believing someone or asking good questions or sharing a meal or, you know, whatever it is, just time. Because I think sometimes we want to rush things, um, but the time aspect is important. Um, I think that it's all, all of those things are good practices to have in place for creating healthy community and healthy relationships. Um, because again, we learn all these things as we're, when we're children and then we forget them as we're adults for some reason, (laughs) like we do with so many other, we have to learn
1: them over and over again. (laughs)
0: Uh, exactly. Any other, any other thoughts that you wanted to share, um, comments or anything that, that we didn't get to, and if not, that's totally fine. I just want to give you a chance before I wrap us up.
1: Gosh, no, this is just one of my favorite topics. I, I just love to think about friendships. Um, gosh, no, there's always more you could say. I mean, my husband's doctoral paper was on holy friendships and how they can change communities. I mean, the people he interviewed were, let me see if i made a little list, um, you know, Catholic Bishop Joe Fiorenza, Rabbi Sam Karf, and Rev, Reverend Bill Lawson, um, those three in Houston, have changed the Houston community forever, you know? And so um, whether it's just a personal support or it's these holy friendships, you know, across um, these boundaries that other people would see for the good of the community all around them. um, Yeah. Just friendship ends up being a, a gift for everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I think that's a great place to wrap up. That's a great, that's a great kind of call to action and resounding, um, cry that friendship is is beautiful and it's hopefully for the benefit of those around us as well and it's not just something we're taking taking taking. Um, Bethany, thank you so much for your wisdom and just your time. It was so good to oh, it was so easy get to talk with you again, my friend. It's man, it's it's so good to to talk with you. So thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, thank you. It's always such a blessing to have you along for the ride. I hope that you were blessed by Bethany's uh, wisdom and her just insight into, into friendship this week. And, uh, if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review, that's always super helpful. And until then we will be back next week.